0: Patrick Pitch from the Carlton Footy Club, you're listening to the Coaches Panel.
1: Dane Zorko here from the Brisbane Lions. Jason Johanesson from the Western Bulldogs. Luke Parker here from the
2: Sydney Swans. It's Roy Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. And that's your normal football club. This is
0: Matt Five from the Fremantle Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel.
2: Hello, my friends. It is MJ from the Coaches Panel. You are nine rounds down in your fantasy footy season. More than a third of the way through. And now, just a few weeks away from the last big moving period of the year, the multi-buy rounds. I want to talk about that a little bit later on in the episode. I want to talk about some cash generation, some important trades that people need to consider making this week, and some popular moves I'm seeing across the fantasy community that maybe we need to reconsider. And of course, getting to our Patreon questions, a massive podcast episode lined up to help me with it. i got Ben on the line. Hello, mate. How are you? Hey,
1: mate. I've um, been suffering a bit with the man flu, so not too good, but I'm uh, very excited to get stuck into this one.
2: Mate, you must have been on your deathbed. Are you, are you okay?
1: That's it, mate. Uh, absolutely. I, To be honest, mate, I was celebrated. Jack Zebel's score a little bit too hard on Saturday night, well, so it's made consequences now.
2: Hey, mate, anyone that owns him right now, fair enough, too. That's how you spend your Saturday night. I've also got Rids on the line. Hello, buddy. How you going, mate? Good. Are you a Zebel owner, too? Oh, of course I am. I want to talk about Zeeble a little bit later on. Hey, like we said right at the top, there is plenty of stuff I want to talk about it. And I feel like over the past two to three episodes, there's been one player's name continually come up and it's not Tom Rockliffe. Um, I want to talk about Sam Walsh. Um, A few weeks ago, uh, Rain Man and I had a conversation about him last week. Uh, Again, we did a live Q&A via Facebook, uh, which you went and been able to grab it via Spotify and iTunes. Make sure you subscribe if you haven't done it already. I gave some of my thoughts about it, but I'm keen to get your boys' take about a Sam Walsh. Because, Ben, I, I suppose, rightly or wrongly, there is still the two trains of thought about Sam Walsh. It's the, probably two weeks ago was the right time to trade him out in terms of peak price, because he keeps dropping now. Um, and then there is the, again, rightly or wrongly, the run him to his buy and then trade him. Where are you seeing coaches make some mistakes right now? Because we are starting to see him him slow in scoring, whether it be just fatigue in his body uh, or just, you know, natural deviation, whatever it is. What's your take right now on Sam Walsh and what owners should be contemplating to do with him if he's not already been traded out of their side?
1: Let me ask you a question, mate. Um, can you just remind me how old Sam Walsh is? He is 18 years old. Yeah. That's well, a, it's a fair point to just keep in the back of your mind when you're thinking the blokes played the first nine rounds of the AFL season, done some amazing things.
2: Probably second in the Blues uh, best and fairest too.
1: Yes, yes. And that's only because there's one outlier talent. Of the yeah, that's, that's right. He's definitely been number one. Um, no, and he's been terrific. He's been absolutely superb. But I think the reality was that it's a very interesting thing we've we've noticed in the fantasy community where, so many people it's almost the first time in my recollection of playing the game where we had a situation where a rookie had a break even score over 100 across the formats and unanimously the decision was to hold him yeah um very very weird circumstances so let's go through a little bit of his season he's he was dominant um he had a a little bit of a struggle probably the first few weeks um, when it came to the uh, fourth quarters. So he was struggling to kind of run out games, but he was doing so much in the first three that it didn't really matter. Um, But we're starting to see now over the last month, just a little bit of that, that work that's to be expected. He's getting a bit tired. He's struggling a little bit. Carlton's sort of put in a few inconsistent efforts. He probably needs a, a rest at some point. Maybe he gets up to his bye, but to be honest, mate, I would, I would be quite happy if I was the coach of the Carlton Footy Club for him to miss a week and get back to his firing best. But regardless of that, he's a guy that's on the slide. We're starting to see that he's struggling to play out games. So when we're looking at rookies and the, the value of a rookie becomes 500000 or 550000 depending on what competition you play, we can no longer assess that player as a rookie suddenly that player is worth more than 80% of the competition and we need to evaluate them as such. So personally, a couple of weeks ago, I traded because I just thought, look at this guy. Um, Not that anyone particularly cares about my team, but look at this guy. He's done, you know, superbly for me. But suddenly he's struggling a little bit. He's got a break even over 100 and he's only 18. And I don't expect... The best, the best rookie season we ever saw was Toby Green under unusual circumstances. Yep. I think he averaged around 100, but prior to that, um, obviously he was leading the, the GWS midfield, midfield division, essentially. But yeah. outside of that, it's pretty well Joel Selwood, who went at about 87. So a couple of weeks ago, Sam Walsh was going at 95, and as good as we all know Sam Walsh will be, I'm, I'm, I'm very adamant that he's going to be an absolute superstar of the competition. I realistically thought that the average is going to come down to at least 90 and probably a lot less because uh, unlike Joel Selwood, who had a brilliant midfield grade, brigade around him, you know, Carlton's obviously in a yeah. different situation. So um, looking at history and trying to evaluate future rookie performances can sometimes be fought with danger, but we do need to be thinking about the fact that this guy is no longer a rookie because he is priced at over 500,000. So. I think that was that's a decision that a few coaches have been ruling a little bit, and now it's a it's an interesting circumstance because the break-even still is around a hundred, but he's he's dropped maybe thirty to fifty thousand uh, across the competitions, and you know, like I said, a potential rest uh, to me seems inevitable. But also, if he doesn't get that rest, that might actually be the worst possible thing. The scores may continue to decline, so. Going to be very interesting, but you know, when we're talking about rookies, we need need to be evaluating them at their actual uh, fantasy price.
2: Ritz, I'm I'm keen on your take a little bit. This probably about a fortnight ago, when he hit his peak price point in terms of cash value, there were some pretty good options to go and move him on, depending on the format you prefer to play. You know, Nat Fife was arguably at what his cheapest price will probably be this year. Um, Zach Merritt in, in the midfield, you know, was probably another one coaches may have been considering. Um, so for those that have traded him out and upgraded and got a premium, happy days. What are coaches now that still have him do? Is it now cut and run now or is it, okay, now you're a little bit in, you've lost some money. Is, is there any merit in holding Sam Walsh? I guess that's the question I'm asking.
0: So it depends on the priority of who you want in before the buys. So, Last week, we saw Lockie Whitfield come out and go 190 and then 170 in Supercoach, okay? So if he, if you must have him this week, and you've got Sam Walsh sitting there at 150,000, 200,000 less, that's an easy down-up, isn't it? Mm. So, I mean, if that's what you're after, that's what you're after. At some point in time, you're going to need Whitfield in your team. Yes. Okay. So what about Dangerfield this week? he misses. Like, do you need to cover the forward line? We've already seen massive outs for the, like, long periods, okay? Devin Smith, Dan Manigola, so on and so forth. Maybe there's someone in the forward line that you've been looking at who looks a lot better last week that is very, very cheap. And I'm, I'm talking about one guy in particular right now in Isaac Heaney, okay? Is he a priority this week to cover <clears> a danger field? And so on and so forth. So it really becomes down to the priority of your team. But I would be looking at making that trade. I made that trade two weeks ago. Yeah. I would be looking at making that trade, but I'd be looking at the draw coming up. Two weeks ago, you could have spent less than 100000 and gone Walsh to Rockcliffe. Yeah, wow. Rockcliffe went, what, $160,000, then a hundred in his next two?
2: Yeah, something like that.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, it's got to be a decision about points, on-field points, how to utilise that money. The last thing we want to do is, and we've spoken about this many times through the course of our journey, okay, on coaches' Panel and wherever else, that we don't get attached to cash cows. They're called cash cows for a reason, you know. We've got to fatten the rookies, fatten the cows, and then we cull them, okay? Now, we either cull them or we upgrade them. When a guy hits 400000 or whatever else, you're not going back down. So Walsh going down doesn't make sense. Walsh going up makes a world of sense.
2: What do you mean by that? Because a coach could go, well, I'm downgrading him to get the cash I need to get an Atkins up or a Gibbons up or a a Bailey Scott. Talk me through that process because you could hear that initially and go, oh, hang on, of
0: course I can take him down. I can do what I like. Yeah, but you're losing points on field. You're losing a 70, 80, 90-point player on field and then getting a rookie that's not even guaranteed to be playing in two weeks. So the options now compared to the options earlier, 100% different, okay? We're seeing guys that have been on lists being given opportunities now because the initial rookies have been tiring. Like, you only have to look at Willem Drew on the weekend, okay, who got dropped. He went back to the SANFL, 32 touches, 12 clearances later. And then we see a Joe Ackley, who's the guy who was given an opportunity. And, I mean, he didn't really impact the game at all. Yeah. Like, I'm not having a go at him or anything like that. No, no. I mean, but again, like, so I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know if any of you guys would be if Willem Drew comes straight back in for Ackley this week.
2: No, it wouldn't shock me at all.
0: No, so... This is the whole idea, is those guys that started them were clear best 22 at that point in time. Now we've got injuries. Look at Jack Ross, didn't get a chance because of Cochin, then he got injured, unfortunately. But he wasn't staying in that team when Cochin comes back. No. You know? And we can look at another guy, um, Rotham McKay, over at the Eagles. Yeah. So he's had two brilliant games, I thought but he gets dropped at every opportunity because there's someone that they think is a clear best 22. Constable's another one. You know? So the options that we get in now, like we've got Liam Stocker, who, (laughs) like, in all honesty, okay, and again, I'm not knocking the kid, he was going to be a good player when he gets older, okay? But the fact of the matter is, he's not as fantasy relevant as Walsh. So you might be losing 30, 40, 50 points a game at any point in time from downgrading. Yes, yeah. of course, you're stockpiling your cash, but why can't you do that going to Gibbons down? Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, take Gibbons okay. down yeah. to
2: stocker, take Walsh up to a gun.
0: Yeah, correct. I, I understand the thought process of keeping the cash and then upgrading through the buys. I fully understand that, guys. But the fact of the matter is, we've got three trades a buy round. In that first initial one, we should have already been planning, and we don't need to use any trades. Mm-hmm. So you can cull a couple of guys if you really, really want. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and Then you can pick the guys that get named through the buys as the cows. But at this point in time, anyone that comes in now, I can't guarantee they're going to be there the week after.
2: No, you. You, as you've said, you're needing some long-term serious injuries to create opportunities. Not a cash cow, but someone like a soldo, you know – Barring obviously a crap suspension this week, you knew he's going to be in the side for the next six to eight weeks. That's what you're talking about. He's looking for the windows of opportunities for cows, and that's exactly. where opportunity, like a Ross, um, you know, that, that's going to be coming up. I'm intrigued. Talk, talk to me, lads, about because uh, I want to talk about Riley O'Brien in a second. What about someone like a a a a, um, a Robotham or a Robotham or whatever you want to call it? It was someone like him with Sydney trying to you know, regenerate their list on, on the fly. And it's showing some positive signs. Blakely's going to be a star of the competition when Heaney and Mills get released in the midfield. we know they're good. Um, Dawson's showing some nice signs. But are we seeing a player like him? I don't think he's got a great scoring ceiling about him. But does he have some job security about him? As uh, Again, it's speculative. But with Sydney trying to regenerate the list, is he one we could consider, even though he's had a price
0: rise? Well, um. Isn't one of their co-captains coming back this week? Yeah. Mm. So wouldn't you think that Robottom might be the like? And again, like Robottom's, I think he just needs to adjust to senior football. Okay, and he's going to be a player. Yeah. Very much like um, Ollie Florent from a couple of years ago. Okay. Yeah. Or a Jack Bowes. Yeah. They just good need call. to. Uh, they just need to get accustomed to senior football, and they will be fine. Yeah. Get in ten that. games. Yeah. Yeah. Rowbottom right has been dominating the like So he finds so yeah. the ball, he uses the ball, he scores well, he tackles. He's got the attributes there to be a very good player. Remember a couple of years ago with Jack Bowles, and we were saying that, geez, this guy could be the best player out of the draft. Yeah. So initially, we all jumped on and Then we went, oh, bugger me. Like, he has got no scoring potential. He just needed that time. Look at him now. Yeah, he's he's the best player. Yeah,
2: he's a stud.
0: You know? Anyways, I'll let Betty answer his part.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's he's an obvious um, option potentially if you want someone who might get a fair few games. But I, I was quite impressed with uh, Robert Young's debut match. And he's a, yeah. a mature age guy that's coming through at the moment. Has the round 12 bye, which you know, for a lot of teams, I think round 13 is going to be the one to navigate and potentially round 12 is one that a lot of people can get away with grabbing another rookie in. So if you're looking for a rookie who I think, you know, showed enough in his first game and has probably won himself at least, you know, a couple more games, I think he's the guy. He's the guy for me anyway. So look, I would be, I would be looking at him. Um, You've also got the, the possibility of a you know, potentially Joe Attlee coming through. But like we spoke about, Willem Drew was very, very good last week, um, in the in a secondary competition. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be tossing it up. But the beauty of this whole situation is it's gonna it's gonna force innovation in a lot of ways. So um, you know, a couple of weeks ago we we're looking at different types of trades, whether that might be a premium that hasn't scored very well. So you look at someone like Lockie Whitfield. Um, When he got injured, taking him down to maybe someone like a Heath Shaw would have been a great move at the time. Yeah, Um, and you'd make a couple of hundred thousand dollars there. Now the prices haven't come in as much as as much as you would have liked, but there's still probably another. They've still come in about 170k from that from that initial trade. I would have said maybe 150k, and then on the flip side, you've also made that 200k, so you can start to get a little bit. Of innovation through those uh, what we used to be termed the uh, broadbent trades, so yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's a new way of looking at it because we might ne- not necessarily have the greatest rookies to go to this time around, and the the coaches that um, can adapt to that obviously ever changing environment are the the ones that are going to succeed through the buy round. So quite interesting at the moment, but I, yeah, I was quite impressed from. Um, with Robert Young, so we're looking at him closely.
2: You mentioned a couple of really interesting points and I do want to talk about Riley O'Brien now a little bit later and you talk about some unique ways of cash generation and I want to unpack that in a moment but you talk about someone like Lockie Whitfield. Now, owners that held him and had a Jay Lockhart come on ground like, uh, hey, luck just went your way, my friend, because you got 90-odd, 90-odd, and then a huge 171-90 kind of score. So, you know, sometimes when luck's with you in fantasy footy, it's with you. Other times, it can be completely against you. But uh, look, Riz, it was something we spoke about um, on the Coach's Panel podcast, and Rain Man spoke about it as well, about when it comes to someone like a Lockie Whitfield, you've even mentioned earlier this episode, uh, he is probably someone you want to have in your completed side. Um, he he didn't have that cash drop we'd hoped for, though. He had such an incredible score. Um, But to look at it in just the linear sense of, well, Whitfield, I traded him out, or I didn't get him as cheap as, you know, I'd hoped because he got such a monster score. That's a very linear way of looking at it because there's still some other avenues to consider of what's happened over the past two weeks, even if his score's not going to drop, or, sorry, price isn't going to drop as drastically as we'd hoped.
0: Yeah, exactly right. So, I mean, in those two weeks, okay, we've allowed a few rookies, especially defensive rookies, to generate more cash in those two weeks. So I'm just looking at it now from a Dream Team perspective, okay? In so, that period of time, Marty Hall's gone up 50000 Okay, a Jordan Clark's gone up quite a bit, okay? Um, Jordan's gone up quite a bit. Lockhart went up quite a bit. So what happens then, okay, is these guys have made up so much ground and got to a point where they're peaking, okay, over 400,000 that you're looking at, you I'll just use dream team as an example of having 750,000 player Whitfield, who is clearly an absolute gun at this, this year. Okay. And almost, I don't like using it, but must have. Um, but he's only 750 and we've got two rookies now mm. in the mid 400s. So what we've done okay, in case, we've allowed two rookies to peak and suddenly a downgrade upground option for those two rookies means you can get Whitfield. Yeah. So whilst Whitfield initially went over 800 and everything else, that was always going to be problematic to get him then, because we're going to buy him at maximum price, but cause he's, had that injury okay, which was poor luck at the yeah. first instance. And he dropped a little bit of coin and then on the week just gone, he dropped a little bit more besides in AFL fantasy. We've still allowed guys to get to a point where we could still go one down, one up. Yeah. So so and some teams, okay, weren't lucky enough to have owned Lockhart, okay? And this is we, we talk about this every year, MJ. Like yeah. let's not let's not sugarcoat this. Luck plays Massive role in fantasy football. Oh,
2: you need you need skill to get into have an opportunity to win it, but you need luck to tip you over the line.
0: But not even that. Like you can't tell me that making a choice between Lockhart a couple of weeks ago or not getting him. Yeah, and no one could have predicted Whitfield to get injured, and Lockhart to go 90 and 100 oh, gosh, in those no. two weeks. No, he was a 40. And then come out the week that Whitfield comes back for 190 and scores a 40? Yeah. No one can predict that. No. That is pure luck. So good luck to you guys, you hey, know. Take you it when you get a little it. bit of bad luck when Whitfield got the 36. But again, let's not talk about it being the right decision because someone else may very well have gone and mm-hmm. got a Heath Shaw and didn't have to play a Sam Collins for those two weeks.
2: Yeah, correct.
0: Yeah, they, and then they, got they the might points. have gone and gone Walsh to Rockcliffe using that money. Sure, and got an extra what is it, two hundred and sixty compared to one hundred and forty-five. Yeah, hundred and twenty points there. Yeah. So they've actually made up ground from that investment. Yes, they've lost the 190. Sure. But Heath Shaw scored nearly 130. Yeah. So that's only a 60 point drop off, but you've made that end plenty more in Spain.
2: And improved your overall side in the process.
0: Correct. Oh, well, you haven't really improved it because you've still used, and this is where people don't quite get it, you've still used two trades to bring in two premiums. Sure. So you've traded a premium down to another premium and then you've upgraded a fattened cow to a premium. So you've still, in essence, gone one down, one up to get the two. Yes. Okay, Mm. so you've improved your side by one premium but you've still used the two trades. But what they've done is they've increased their on-field scoring for those couple of weeks. Yeah,
2: 100%.
0: And they've allowed their rookies to get fat to grab Whitfield next week for one down, one up.
2: Yeah, perfect. Yeah, exactly right.
1: Um, uh, that's it. And and just on that as well. So, you know, we're talking about how luck plays a big role, but trust the process a little bit. Yeah. Um, we're looking at a guy like Lockie Whitfield, or you know, I'm seeing a big 190 next to his name. But you know, we've been playing this game for a lot of us. Been playing it for over a decade. The number of 190 plus scores you could count on one hand.
2: Oh, there's hand normally one a about, year, isn't there?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's insane. It's the the facts, the factors that have gone into this equation playing out the way it has have been highly unusual. So whilst, you know, potentially you bring in Lockhart, Lockhart plays his two weeks and then Whitfield comes and there was the greatest idea to hold on to him because it's just worked out perfectly for you. I would say, you know, if you ran that simulation a thousand times, 999, it's not working out anywhere near as good for you. So. We're gonna keep that in the back of, the back of our heads. Um, the other positive, you know, that we're talking about with with Whitfield, um, which Ritz kind of alluded to, is that seven hundred and fifty-five thousand for non-owners is a very decent price to bring in the guy that's had, you know, a thirty score. This is for Dream Team anyway. A thirty score in his average, and is still averaging the most points in the game. So he's averaging one hundred and twenty-three. And Brody Grundy's second best at the moment with 119. You know, if you take out the 30, which is purely luck based because he got he got injured in it, um, you know, it's well above 130. So we're potentially getting the best score in the competition. You know, who who knows exactly what's going to happen in the future, but so far, almost half a season in, he's been clearly the best fantasy scorer this year. So we're getting him for 755,000. I know if his name was Dane Swan back in his heyday. People would have been um, quite happy to be paying something, uh, something that cheap for him. So, yeah, exactly. You know, th- these are all the types of factors that we need to be paying. Uh, we need to be paying attention to. It would have been great to start with him, but. For non-owners right now, this is a very exciting opportunity.
2: Yeah, it certainly is. You know, and in SuperCoach it's a little different. You've got Shannon Hearn who's who's averaging just, it, comparable as him, which is just just a top uh, top off one hundred and seventeen thousand. Both of them are averaging one hundred sixteen point nine. Both of them are pretty lowly owned too, in contrast to the start of the year. Is Whitfield a must. Uh, again, we we're always hesitant at the coaches' panel to use the phrase "must have." There's so many unique variations and permutations uh, that go into every single person's side, so it's always difficult to say, or maybe unfair to say, "must have." But do you need to get Lockie before his multi-buy round, or is it after his multi-buy round? Is it too late, or is is it still okay?
1: Well, I read I read out his his upcoming fixtures. Okay, so he's got. Melbourne at the MCG. Um, now, we all know Melbourne hasn't been super great this year. Then he's got Gold Coast Suns. Um, that should be a very positive fixture. Then he's got Adelaide and Adelaide Oval. North Melbourne in Ballarat. So, look, out of those four fixtures, I'm really liking the two that are coming up. Yeah. Um, and I don't don't hate the last two either. So, yeah, they're not horrible. But then when we we add in the fact that his break even, if he has a you know a decent score against Melbourne, his break even is going to be much lower across all the competition. So he might put on fifty thousand dollars in the the week um, leading up to the Gold Coast game. So round eleven after that game, he, he's probably going to go up by fifty k. Do you really want to be paying another fifty thousand for a guy who has the ladder buy and you can build your team around a bloke like this? I, I, I tend to think that time is now for him. Yeah. Um There's no such thing as a must-have. I never have subscribed to the must-have theory, but, you know, he's he's a guy that, yeah,
2: he's pushing had that had envelope. Dream, yeah.
1: Yeah. If you
0: had your dream team, um, he would be a name on your list. So. Yep. And yeah. I'm just going to reinforce this as well. We haven't seen a defender have as big a season like this since Doherty. Yeah. Okay. Mm. And Doherty was as close to must-have for the season as there was. So Brayshaw came home very hard last year. Yeah. Sort of falls in that same bracket if you jumped on at the right time. These guys that go 100-plus in defence or forwards, we have to get them. Yeah,
2: they're so rare to have, yeah. Yep,
0: yeah, 120 means I, do, I don't think there's any such thing as a must-have either, okay? Because at the end of the day, if we knock not in him and we get someone who's averaging 100, it's only 20 points a week.
2: And if you can make but that up that, elsewhere?
0: Well, yeah, exactly right. But the thing that I'm throwing out here now is that his price tag, Yeah, I just, you just got to jump on it because... In essence, okay, him to let's throw out a James Sicily. Sure. Okay. James Sicily is about a hundred thousand less than him in dream team. Yep. James Sicily will average anywhere from about ninety to ninety-five, I would think, for the year. Lockie Whiffield's going at one hundred and twenty already with a thirty. Yeah. So let's say even if he goes one hundred and fifteen from this point, that's still twenty twenty-five extra points a week. For an extra hundred thousand, no and in SuperCoach,
2: and in SuperCoach, it's less than forty thousand is the gap between
0: them. Correct. So it's an absolute no-brainer. Now in AFL Fantasy, trade of the week. Okay, jump off Brody Smith, jump on Lockie Whitfield. It's only going to cost you a couple hundred.
2: Yeah, it's pretty. So I'm hearing you say if you if you want to get Lockie, this is the week to do it. For more super coach and dream teamers, because again AFL fantasy, there's you know two trades a week, use them or lose them. Um, is it worth jumping early on any cash cows to to guarantee you get him now, um, or or is that a risk that's too big to take?
0: Well, Benny mentioned young. Um, like I did, yeah. I liked young.
2: Yeah.
0: I actually thought Garner's game was okay. Yeah, but. Look who's in the seconds. They've got Boner, they've got whatever else. Like Burton could even I be mean, back Broughton this week. Playing. Burton's coming back. I mean, who knows what happens there? Yeah. So I wouldn't go anywhere near them. Um, Rotham over at West Coast Eagles probably gets a game this week. Um, yeah. I thought Oscar Allen lost big time last game. Yeah, Lost out to um, playing full back. So I think Rotham comes in because I think Barras is still out and Schofield's out and I think there was another defender that might be out this week as well. Jetta, but so not at he all, might yeah. get a game. Um, but at the end of the day, we don't have to stress, okay, job security's bugger all anymore because yeah. we could almost cull eight mm. and F7, uh, yeah. F8 seven, F at the moment and M11. Yes. We're at a point in time now of the season where we can cull that to a guy who may or may not play at the end of the season.
2: Yeah, no, and that's fair enough too. Is it so... Um... We talked about Lockie Whitfield. We've talked Sam Walsh. We want to get to some unique ways of cash generation, as we've alluded to a few times this episode. There's not a a plethora of cows on the way through. We'll probably get an absolute bucket load of them in the last five to six weeks when we really don't need them. But between now and sort of round 14, where they're pretty critical, it doesn't appear to be a heap on the horizon. Um, Let's talk about a guy that really has been one of the best cash cows for us this year. In Riley O'Brien, I'm seeing a a kind of this scattering across the fantasy community. Maybe it's in in forums, uh, websites you check out. um, You know, that's fine. But there's a lot of talk about trading out a Riley O'Brien. He's in Dream Team. He's priced now over five hundred thousand. He's gone up nearly three hundred thousand with a break even of 70 um in AFL fantasy he's risen um around about $250,000 uh, he's got a break even this week in AFL fantasy of 54 um while in Supercoach. Uh, again gone up a fair chunk of change a couple of 100,000 through there and a break even of 84 Lads, is this the week to consider trading him out? I know all those break-evens are certainly very attainable for Riley O'Brien. Sam Jacobs sounds like he's probably still a couple of weeks away. It wouldn't surprise me to see him after the buy round as the most likely time. But is now the time to top him out in price? Or is there need to wait maybe just a couple more weeks on Riley O'Brien? I don't want him to go anywhere, MJ. Why
1: is that? Well, we're looking at a guy, right, that has the around 14 buy. So let's let's break this down a little bit. Of course, every competition is different, sure. but um, Dream Team is the one that I mainly focus on, so that's what I know about, to break even 70 in that competition. So look in his, in his entire season to date, he has not gone under 70. Uh, he hasn't been slowing down. He's Obviously been in the system for a long time. He is the number one Ruckman. He's coming up against the depleted Ruck outfit in the West Coast at the moment, given that they've had a few injuries there. So it's a positive fixture. Um, you know, Melbourne isn't a great fixture. GWS is isn't, an isn't okay fixture. Richmond's quite a good fixture at the moment for Ruck. So, you know, two two decent fixtures, one bad fixture and one average fixture. Um, leading up to the round 14 buy. But the big thing here is that the two Ruckman we want across the formats this year are Brody Grundy and Max Gorn and MJ. When do they have the buy?
2: They both share the multi-buy round in round 13. They do. So
1: do you think it might be a good idea if you don't own one of them, which I'm assuming you don't if you own Riley O'Brien at the moment, it might be a good idea to hold him on to round 14 given that his scoring hasn't been decreasing, given that he's been in the system for a while, and he's got a a couple of good fixtures, obviously not a great one against Max Gorn, but might be a good idea to hold on to him and then make a pretty easy trade to either one of Max Gorn or Brodie Grundy, depending on who you
2: don't have. Yeah, and considering that Richmond match-up against, uh, you know, a Soldo, once he gets back from suspension, is in that week of the multi-buy round where he's needed. It's very hard to... Kind of argue against it, but but Rids, where, where's the logic difference with Riley O'Brien in contrast to Sam Walsh? Because because coaches might be listening to this episode, going, "Hang on, you've just used the logic of the multi-buy rounds of where yep. is price at? Uh, are you using the same logic? They might be hearing similar lines, but there, there's some unique differences between where Walsh is now and two weeks ago, and where O'Brien is now and in a couple of weeks.
0: Okay, so the first thing is age. Yeah. 18-year-old versus a guy who's been in the system for four or five years and played SANFL for four or five years as the number one ruck. He then comes into the Adelaide Crows, and I could actually argue the point right now that he's now the new number one ruck for the Adelaide Crows. Mm. I think Sam Jacobs has to come in and prove otherwise. Mm. Okay, So he might have to go to the SANFL and he might have to wait for an opportunity that O'Brien gives him now to come back. Mm. I don't think it's a walk-up start. They were talking about these two at the start of the year being a toss of the coin. Yeah, true. O'Brien has, like, came in and actually impacted games. We saw a couple of weeks ago, and he was actually, his last quarter on the weekend was almost the reason why the Crows got back into that game. Yeah,
2: him and Brodie Smith, yeah.
0: Yeah, 100%. I, I think that was those two, like... He got on top of Stefan Martin and got on top of Oscar McInerney. Anyways, back to your question before I go rambling on other things. Sure. This guy, have a look at his body.
2: He's a big boy. He is
0: made to be a number one ruck
2: mate. An athletic as too.
0: Oh, and he's, of course, he's going to be sore through the season. But if a guy with a body like that's going to be sore, imagine what an 18 year old kid that's having his first preseason at AFL level and then is a running machine that does 15-plus kilometres a game fills after having two-and-a-half months of football. Mm. I, I, You can't compare chalk and cheese because they're just totally different, okay? Riley O'Brien goes off for a half, a you know, five, 10, 15 minutes a quarter or whatever and has a chill out if he wants. He's got a good chop out in, who is it, Himmelberg at the moment and probably Jenkins this week. Yep. So he's got a decent chop-out, and he's also... So, I mean, just for my liking, okay, I don't think you can compare that, because body shape, how many years in the system, multiple pre-seasons versus one pre-season, the amount of running that they do per game, it's just a total chalk and cheese for me.
1: Yeah, all right. And and one other thing um, that just wasn't touched on either, they play completely different positions. So... Riley O'Brien picks up 30 points a week, almost each and every week. The last five weeks, he has not had less than 34 hitouts. So, a number one ruckman on average, I think, goes you know the base, the basic average is about 75 points per game. So, he's already racking up roughly half his score just through hitouts alone. So, his baseline score is a lot higher than any midfielder in the competition, or really anyone in the competition. We've got to be considering the fact that they do play different roles as well, whether that be, you know, we're we're referencing Sam Walsh, but it might be another rookie that's slowing down a little bit at the moment. The beauty with a guy like Riley O'Brien is, you know, you're probably going to get your 35 points in hit outs alone before he gets, you know, tackles and around the ground ball.
2: Yeah, no, fair enough. To uh, so you've made a couple of interesting uh, conversation points right throughout this episode, on a heap of things. I think it's really helpful for coaches, both for now and as they navigate their way through the multi-buy rounds. But uh, there's a trade, two players, probably two weeks ago, um, that we we've spoken about that were were the right trades, or arguably a, a right trade to make, and that was if you didn't have a lockout and get that bit of luck, moving Whitfield out, and, and then maybe moving a a Patrick Dangerfield out after that injury impact game, that questionable, will he be fit? Will he not be? And, and then again, getting injured late in this game. And, and yet again, for the second time in three weeks, we're talking about, will Patrick Dangerfield play? Will he not? But there was some pretty easy, obvious trades of, you know, a Whitfield to a Shaw. You've mentioned that already in, in this episode, Ben. And and, and Rids, you've talked about a, a Dangerfield to a to a Zebel trade where it's, get these guys that could score like premiums Increasing cash, and also improve your side with the cash reallocated yep. onto another player.
0: So-, so, MJ, stop right there. I want to just highlight something, okay? We seem to have lost the philosophy as a general community, whether it's DT, AFL Fantasy, or Supercoach, of fell high, <coughs> buy low. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, So guys that have been in a role poor over and over and over and over again... Heath Shaw goes on massive runs. Jack Zeeble in the midfield is a 95 average player every day of the week. I can guarantee you right now before the end of the season, Angus Brayshaw will go on a run. What did we say about Josh Dunkley early on? Hold on to Josh Dunkley because as soon as he gets the role, he's going to go nuts. What about Zach Merritt? How many people traded Zach Merritt early on? What he's done now, he's gone, he's gone off the tree. Like, let's remember the key rule to fairness sell high, buy low. Jack Z bull sitting there in Dream Team last two weeks ago at $515,000. Why are we doubting that? And you know the funny thing about it, okay, is when we sell high and buy low. The thing that really blows my mind is people see that as risky. Guys, mm. no. When, if when you buy high, that's the risk factor. If you go and buy, who was it a couple of years ago, Rory Sloan at maximum dollars, yeah. and then he gets tagged and goes 50 for the next five weeks. Yeah, correct. That's massive issues, you know? 100%. So again, people jumped on Whitfield a couple of weeks ago. Buy high, he gets injured, 36 who cares what his average for the season? And we say this all the time. It's from this point on when they bring into your team. Yeah. Who cares what's happened before? Heath Shaw at 530000 with that draw that he had coming up, that was tasty as. Yeah. Uh- Zeeble with the midfield role now. Tasty as. People watch the game. Don't look at the That's price tag. Don't look
1: at the points. even had even had Elliot Yo there dropped 130k going into a Gold Coast and killed the Melbourne run. Yeah. I mean, they, that's the type of buy where you look at that and you're saying, okay, is only the average 85 to that point in the season, but has his role changed? No. What did he average last year? Average 107. Is, is he known for these huge ups and downs? Yep. So we're buying him at the bottom of the swing and, you know, three weeks later is, his average over those past three weeks has been pretty high, MJ, nearly one hundred and thirty points per game, and suddenly he's back averaging where you would where you'd expect him to be averaging. Yeah, what and, for. and he's yeah, and he's put on another hundred thousand dollars. So suddenly a lot of people in the community are a little bit more excited about Elliot Yo, but the time wasn't now, the time was three weeks ago.
0: Yeah, exactly. And you know the guy that's coming up this week, potentially? Yeah. Taylor Adams.
2: Yeah. True. He may
0: be back this week, okay, early. He had a really poor injury affected score last game. He may drop a little bit. If we see him in the right role, it doesn't matter what he scores this week, jump on him next week. Yeah. So what
2: about yeah. someone like a – and again, we, we, we're talking about cash generation. Where's say, like an Angus Brayshaw, is he in a, in a different part of the conversation? Because, again, coaches that own him are, are just the past three weeks, he has had a role change. Do you just ride the gust train out now or do you jump okay. off? Because, well, again, it's different but similar.
0: I am an Angus Brayshaw owner. I am as frustrated as the next guy. But you know what I see when I watch the game? Every time he's within five metres of that ball, he gets points. Yeah. It's that he doesn't go anywhere near the ball because he's sitting out on a wing and they don't use that wing. (laughs) Like It is so obvious, okay, but the guy is in form. Every time he grabs the ball, he gets a handball, he gets a tackle, he gets a kick, you watch it. Every time he's within it, and he's very noticeable because of his helmet. Yeah. But the problem we have, okay, is that he's just not being used like they had been in the pre- season gone. Yes. Right? So hold on to him. Buy high, um, sell high, buy low, okay? He's at his lowest point right now. That, where's the value? And you going to spend an extra 150000 to a guy that's probably going to score the same for the rest of the year? Yeah. They come yeah, in tough returns.
1: Yeah, and and on top of that, like, okay, if you knew that the role change was coming, if you got some inside word because we none of us really knew that yeah. the role was coming probably about three four weeks ago, his price was at seven hundred fifteen. All right, trade him out then. If you you know that, that's perfect. That's an amazing move. But if we're suddenly scared at five hundred ninety five k, the damage has been done now. Yeah. we've lost a hundred twenty thousand dollars of value. So. If, I'm, you know, if we're talking about someone like Elliot Yo, we're talking about someone like Taylor Adams, well, Brayshaw is now that guy that if you were not an owner, you'd be looking at him and thinking, okay, as soon as I see any uptake in his form or as soon as I see Melbourne you know, using him potentially better, I'm loving that price at 600 And if you're, you're viewing it from the outside in, if you're an owner, you've got to hold on to him right now. This is not the hey. time to be trading him.
0: Exactly. And you know what? I'm tired of hearing about hindsight. One of the best DT, the Dream Team coaches I know, okay, the Screaming Eagle, traded him to Rockcliffe four or five weeks ago. Yeah. So he saw the signs already that there was there's a potential happening. Yeah. So yeah. that's not hindsight if you make the trade.
2: That's yeah.
0: It. Yeah. And is that the same
2: logic too for AFL Fantasy?
0: Of course it is. Yeah, good.
2: Hmm. Just wanted to make sure that we're covering of all the bases.
0: And you know what? AFL Fantasy, to a point, is you build the team, you build the team, you build the team, then you get comfortable. And, I mean, I'm I'm talking from a little bit, I'm coming off a decent week in AFL Fantasy, okay? but it took me forever to build that team. Yes. Okay? I was so comfortable with my rookies on the field that I was able to use a luxury trade last week to go Brayshaw to Josh Kelly because we got to use them and lose them. But if if you've got comfortable around where the, everyone is, that's when you make the trade. Yeah. But you build around those guys until you get comfortable.
2: Yeah, makes sense. M- makes a whole ton of sense. I think it's going to really help a whole heap of fantasy coaches, no matter the format they play. <whistles> Uh, speaking of helping coaches, uh, our Patreon army, which you can join at patreon.com forward slash coaches panel. I've submitted a whole ton of questions for you guys for Dream Team for Supercoach and AFL Fantasy. And to wrap up the podcast, uh, going to chat through some of the questions that they have talked about. Um, let's jump straight in for it. Craig wants to know, I can upgrade to get either Whitfield or Grundy this week who's the greater priority? Again, we don't know the other 28, 29 players in the side, so it is it is a bit of a dark one. I'll, I'll throw it to you, Ben. I, I know it's a bit leading the blind because you don't know all the other variations in there, but if it was a pure 50-50 trade, uh, who's the greater priority for you this week without obviously knowing the other options of who'd be on field?
1: Yeah, well, in- inherently I'd say Whitfield's a guy just because I feel like you're getting him at maybe the value price. uh
2: uh-huh.
1: um, so we're looking at a guy like Brody Grundy right now that's 800 k 50K more expensive than Whitfield and might be even higher across the formats. He's obviously come off two huge weeks, but you don't expect him to be backing that up um, each and every week. He's got Max Gorn in round 12 as well. And then on top of that, they have the round 13 buy. And you, you know, the, the only benefit, I think, to not having Brody Grundy at this stage is at least you've got one less guy for round 13. So... Yeah. I would be trying to build up my round 14 and well, you don't really want round 12 at this point. So it's it really is round 14 um, and that's why I'd be going Whitfield and like I said, you're, you're saving you know, potentially an extra 50k as well.
2: All right, fair enough. Uh, a question from Travis for you, Rids. It's a super coach and a real dream team question. Uh, I really like this question actually. When is it best to just do nothing to your side?
0: Um... When you have the right loophole options. Nice. So the bench loopholes, because both are rolling blockouts now. Yeah. So pretty much mm-hmm. you can loophole guys on the bench. You can try and pick and choose. If you've got, say, a Parker scoring you a sixty one week, you probably take that as the loophole option because you're only going to better it by 30 or 40 points. Yeah. Um, whereas if you've got him scoring, like, on the weekend 30 points, then you're probably worth having a trade. If you want to have a crack at it. Yep. No. So, again, laid out and stuff like that come into play. Um, that's where Lockhart has become. Last year, people wouldn't have had so much success with Lockhart. Yes. Because of the role in Lockout, it means that the luck has changed, the way to play it. He was lucky to cover that with Phil, you know, for those two weeks. Happy days for those people that did that. Yes. You know? But last year, same format just a slightly different rule i guarantee you not many people hold
2: yeah no exactly the confidence
0: so again what's the best time if you're doubting the guy that you're bringing in and the upgrades not the guy that you really want for the rest of the year don't do it don't pull the trigger
2: yeah absolutely
0: so if you're taking okay let's just say you want lucky whitfield but you don't have the money so you're going to accept someone that you haven't had all year and you're not really confident they're gonna be a top five. Let's just say hypothetically lead. Okay. Sure. If you're not confident lead's gonna to be top five and you think Whitfield's gonna be number one and you just don't have that extra thirty or forty thousand to get Whitfield, hold on. Wait for an extra week, <coughs> reevaluate. Maybe a rookie goes up a little bit better, maybe a better rookie comes in. Who knows, a Kyron Hayden might come in. You know, this week and play, and you've got the subject slightly cheaper at the basement price. Yeah. But let's not also forget, there's a mid-season rookie draft as well.
2: Yeah, I was about to say that's one of the great unique things that we'll be talking about uh next week. Uh, maybe not so much on the podcast, but definitely at coachespanel.tv. TV. We may even do a special, um, some unique Patreon content through there, talking about, um, you know, something that we've never had before, which is an influx of cows coming into the AFL system mid-year. It's certainly going to be an interesting dynamic for us. Um, super coach question uh, from the big mal down in, in Tassie. I'll throw it over to you, Benny. He wants to know, taking buys into account, what order would you rate the following players, again, he's using the phrase must-have, in the next month? So in the order of priority, who, you, who would you rank them one to four? Neil, Lloyd, Merritt, Kelly who would you rank in order of priority of trade target?
1: Well, I'm I'm pretty hot on Kelly. Uh, so he's the guy that I'm immediately thinking is number one priority, especially with that round 14 buy. Sure. Um, now, what what format are we talking Super coach. Superco- yeah, I don't know exactly what his ownership <clears throat> is in that format, but I know in Dream Team it's very low at the moment. So he's the guy that I'm immediately gravitating towards um now someone who's been doing a little bit poorer um might have a little bit of values jake lloyd yep. um still has a a slightly higher break even than what you might necessarily want has the round 13 buy? so maybe you're thinking he might be second or third but he's a guy that that is presenting as a little bit of a a deal for you Lockie Neal, um, again, Brisbane with a not-so-desirable buy, so he's got the round 13 one, but he's, he's coming into a bit of form, so Zach Merritt, obviously, you're paying top dollar at the moment, he's not someone I'd really be looking into too, too closely, so if I had to put him in an order, I yep. would go Kelly, um, then I would go... Lloyd, Neil, and Merritt
2: at four. All right, man. Fair enough. And,
0: MJ, can I answer the question? Yeah, as of well? course you can. I want an equal one between Kelly and Neil. Sure. Super coach. Yep. Cool. Neil is okay, yep. 130 average at the moment, and I think there's real potential he's going to be the number one scorer yep. of the year in Supercoach. Yeah, it's true. But, Kelly, wow, so from now going... to the end of the year, Benny's 100% correct. He's going to be number two if there is a number two. Yeah,
2: no, that's a really good pick. Well, we're speaking of, you know, some options where we're doing the ranking of players. Um, Kyle wants to know, uh, we'll throw it to you, Reads in AFL Fantasy. Uh, He's given you four players again. Let's do the same thing in order of trade priority, uh, factoring in buys and all that sort of stuff. Yo, Zorko, Neil, or Sidebottom. What kind of order would you put them in in trade
0: priority? Oh, man that's like okay i'd I'd probably go yo number one because he's the one with the least ownership out of the four, sure, and I'm only guessing that okay, so if it's if there's someone else then spoil means whatever um who are the others? Zorko I don't like Zorko because he can be tagged out of the game so get rid of him straight away All right, Neil who are the and other Sidey. Two? side bottom and, and, Neil. and well. I just don't like guys that can get 40 possessions and score 90. Yeah. And that, I'm looking at Cripps and Neil in that, like, just for those formats. I love them as players, but for those formats, like, it's nothing annoys me more than a guy being best on ground, winning best on ground medals and everything else. You have a look. He's had 40 subject possessions, and he scored 95 Dream Team points or AFL Fantasy points. Yeah, so I would... They annoy me. And then side bottom sort of comes and goes and everything else. But he is unique. So I go, yo, <laughs> side bottom. And then the other two I don't care about.
2: All right, fair enough, too. A uh, couple more questions. Oh, can I
0: also? Sorry. sorry yes. Sorry. Just on like Lockie Neal, please look at his buy. Okay. Yeah. After his buy, he's got a terrible run for about four or five weeks. Yeah, nice pickup. There's DeGoey. The there's Steele, I think. There's Hutchings. There's. I mean, he, he gets well the who's held who the back. taggers, yeah. Like, and he is, yeah, yeah. Oh, yuck, 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 yuck. Uh, it's a nice little pick up for coaches that but are looking at it. Super coach is different again because it's a contested ball and okay? the rewarding of that. So that's for AFL fantasy, not super
2: coach. Yeah, I like that man. Uh, an AFL fantasy question. We'll throw it to you, uh, Benny. I'm going to give you three fifty fifty options. Throw it out there, and I just need you to tell me which of them you'd prefer. They're all comparable in price, um, and uh, buy structure is a little bit different with the last option, but here it is. Um, right now in AFL Fantasy, which four would you, would you rather, Dusty or Zeeble?
1: Uh Zeeble. Right. I don't know exactly the prices, but yeah, I'm not not keen on Dusty at all.
2: It's less than 5000 so it's comparable. Uh, yep. Canelio or Josh Kelly? Kelly. All right, this one it is a bit of a bi structure, so it is it is different there. But Tom Stewart or Sicily? Um, uh,
1: hmm, probably Sicily.
2: Okay. But,
1: yeah, it does depend on buyers, obviously.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. buyers, maybe a little bit more ceiling in Sicily than than anything there. Um, uh, uh, Louis wants to know, it's also a comment, Rids, which I'll kind of get your response to. Uh, He's curious, is Mitch Duncan the biggest sure thing this week versus the Suns? Uh, He's got a good history against them, Um, good history right now, you know, where he's, I think he's averaging like a, you know, 120, 125, 130 across the formats. Is he one of the biggest sure things to score well this week or is that falling into some uh, false assumptions?
0: Okay, so I'm going to sit on the fence a little bit. I like him, but don't underestimate the Suns. We yeah. what happened last week. People thought Rockliffe were going to score 150 to 200 points. <laughs> yeah, true. Like, don't underestimate the Suns. They're actually a very competitive midfield unit, and they play one-on-one football. One man plays on a man. So these guys aren't the greatest footballers in the world, and they don't have a really renowned tagger, but they play contested, competitive football one-on-one. So, yes, whilst I think Mitch Duncan's going to score very, very well, I wouldn't want to throw the captain armband on him if that makes sense.
2: Yeah, no, that's, that certainly makes a whole ton of sense. Um, uh, and while I got you there, man, a uh, question from Peter again, another great Patreon supporter uh, of the coaches panel. Uh, he asks a pretty simple question. You're a Tigers fan. Oh, I thought I'd throw it to you. Is Brandon Ellis legit this season to target in our formats? He says Dream Team, but really in any format? Is, yeah. is this role legit? Because... We've seen historically he can average hundreds or there or thereabouts and pump out some really big hundreds as well.
0: Yeah, I spoke about this a few months ago, probably early on in the season. Ellis has been training the midfield group all year, um, all preseason. He's been playing that role where he went 100-plus in a few formats a couple of years ago. There's key injuries to key personnel like Jaden Short, who may not get back this year. Yeah. Um, a hundred percent, like, and his contract is up at the end of the year, so he's playing for his contract. and He's playing for his job. Yeah, because he was put on the market last year, MJ, and I don't think there was many takers for him. Yeah, so I think he is absolutely. But I think there's another tiger back that's getting under the radar at the moment.
2: Are you talking about Bash?
0: Yeah. So this guy is incredible, mate. Like, he just does not stop scoring. And you know the other thing that's the most amazing thing? He's halfway through Ramadan. Yeah. So, I mean, we're talking about a guy who's not able to eat and stuff through the day, yet he's playing elite (laughs) sports, okay? Like, amazing. So expect him to go nuts after the month of May.
2: Oh, it's interesting. I, I like that. A couple of uniques, and And again, round 14 by, could be a nice time to pick them up. Just say, Oh, it uh,
0: yeah. it's. I would be picking 14 this week. Otherwise, I wouldn't be picking anyone.
2: Yeah, okay. So, round 12 is probably way too late in the fixture. Is this the last week to grab round 13, guys?
0: No. Okay. I okay. wouldn't do it. Fourteen only this week for me.
2: Yeah, and next week the same again, oh, or is that it?
0: I oh, sorry, we we keep forgetting AFL fantasy. AFL fantasy, you just do whatever you want.
2: Well, yeah, you've got three trades a week through there too, so you know you can yeah. do a lot of sidewaysing through there and make some money while you do it. So
0: yeah, but make sure you're not just sideways trading for the sake of sideways trading, Improve your team. your team. Yeah, correct. Otherwise, you just lose focus on what you're trying to do, and then your ranking blows out to whatever. Yeah, that's
2: right. Yeah, you might improve your ranking over that three-week period, but you don't improve your team.
0: Well, you may not in the next well, week. Well, that's true, it too. It only takes one injury. We've seen it before.
2: Yes, no, that's very, very, very true. Um, Hey, hey lads, I uh, appreciate your thoughts on this episode. Some great content that I think is going to help a whole heap of coaches. Benny, appreciate your work suffering through, man. flu. nice work.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Matt. I'd just like to give a good shout-out to my mate, Timesh Sampath. He's an absolute legend. Love the podcast, though. So. Shout-out to you, buddy.
2: All right, nice work. And Rids, as always a pleasure, mate.
0: Yep, no worries. I'm just going to shout-out to whoever wants to hear me.
2: Yeah, shout-out to to, to to Bubba. There you go. You can do that. Uh,
0: and I'll tell you what, mate. Anyone with a Crips, anyone that owns Crips this week, don't, if you're happy with where you're at and you've got enough trade, consider trading him if you want. Do something a bit different and try something a bit unique. He's got a break-even of 150-plus across the format. He's coming off a very slow score, and he's got a Jack Steele matchup this week, which I don't think is the easiest matchup in the world. So, I mean, why not try be adventurous and see if you can make $150,000, 200000 out of that trade?
2: Yeah, so try something different. You might get a bit of a different result. Amen. Ah, uh,
0: Mate, why, be, why, why do what everyone else is doing? How are you going to make ground?
2: You don't. You gotta
1: do something. Um, i with the game. It's the game for a reason. Yeah, it is exactly. Like, there's right.
0: only one person that can win these things, you know. And like, who cares? Like, if you're focused on leagues and beating your mates, who cares what you do? As long as you get to the end point that you want, you're happy, guys.
2: Yep, no, exactly right, lads. As always, a pressure appreciate your great advice and support for fantasy coaches for Dream Team Super Coach and AFL Fantasy. I, I hope that's helped you as a fantasy footy coach. Uh, if it has, and you haven't already done so, make sure you subscribe and follow us uh, via Spotify and also iTunes, where you can get these podcasts and others. Uh, every single time they go live, you get that notified straight to your device. Uh, leave a five star rating and review. Plenty of articles dropping right throughout the week at coachespanel.tv and if you want to support the coaches panel you can do that by joining the patreon army at patreon.com forward slash coaches panel good luck this week i hope your captain absolutely kills it any upgrade trades you make go your way you're on the right end of the rookie roulette on ground for the cash cows and then ultimately you have your best score you've ever had this week